This is the Monday, December 20th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered. The variety of action for tonight. So settle in and we'll set you up 10 minutes or less with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Tyler Fulgham and Aaron Dolan with you on a Monday. Aaron playing a little injured, so we admire the courage for you to get out this morning (laughs) and help us out on the podcast, Aaron. Doing our best, doing what we have to do. <laughs> she's a grinder. She's a trooper. Uh, like the rest of the world, everything's been thrown into chaos uh, with the NFL schedule. Minnesota-Chicago was the originally planned Monday night game. That place was, that game will still take place, pardon me, in Chicago at Soldier Field. But we also have the Raiders-Browns game move from Saturday to Monday afternoon or early evening, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and that game been bouncing all over the place with the news about who is in, who is out, who is quarterbacking, who is not uh, for the Browns. So as we are recording this podcast, the Browns are two and a half point home dogs with mm-hmm. Nick Mullins as their expected quarterback. Total of 40 and a half. Aaron, can you, will you do anything with this game? Absolutely not. You're out of your mind if you think I'm even touching this game. This line has been absolutely insane. We have no idea who's even truly playing at this point because the player props are still not out. So my suggestion, if you do want to play this, look at the player props. So again, you have to wait until probably closer to game for that. And also you can always live bet. So that's the two ways I would play it. And then in terms of the spread, just random numbers that maybe you want to take into account. Cleveland's 0-4 against the spread in their last four games. 0-3 against the spread in their last three as a favorite as well. Meanwhile, Las Vegas is 1-5 against the spread in their last six games. So neither team great against the spread. Plus you got COVID going on. So for me, definitely staying away. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Not going to touch that. If I did have any type of inclination one way or the other towards side or total. You would maybe expect there to be limited scoring in this game with Nick Mullins being at quarterback with the run rate of the uh, Cleveland Browns with the Raiders having struggled to score, you know, more than 16 or 17 points in the last few games. But trust me, I'm not going to the uh, ticket window for anything. I'm just saying if I had to uh, predict an outcome, I would expect no matter who wins a lower scoring Mm -hmm. game. That total is, though, very, very tiny at just 40 and a half. One thing I do want to find in the player prop market is rush attempts for Nick Chubb. I have to imagine he's going to get a full workload as really the only reliable offensive weapon for the Cleveland Browns, but that yet to be posted Aaron. All right. Our originally scheduled Monday night game. You'll see on ESPN, Chicago bears hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, This one uh, not quite as affected uh, by COVID Mm -hmm. protocols. The bears are a six and a half point home dog total of 45 and a half. Aaron, anything stand out to you? 
Yeah. So earlier this week, or I should say last week on Daily Wager, I was saying that this line seemed really low and now it's been bet up so far. So I want to look at the first half spread with Minnesota minus three and a half. The Vikings are 10 and three against the spread in the first half, as opposed to the Bears six and six first half ATS record. So I think the Vikings will be able to come out hot just like they did in week 14 for their Thursday night football matchup against the Steelers. I don't think they're going to jump out to that 23 point lead that they did last game, but they should be able to cover that three and a half. So I wanted to look at that instead of focusing on the end result there because Kirk Cousins is one and nine outright and against the spread on Monday Night Football. And that lone win did come last season, week 10 at Chicago when the Vikings won by six as a three point favorite. So for me, sometimes just looking at the first half spread is the way to go. Yeah, I, I get that because Minnesota seemingly is a team that for 30 minutes of a football game can play like one of the better teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And for the other 30 minutes, they can look like one of the worst. <laughs> they, they, they really have been a team, no matter who they play, it's true. just plays to the level of their competition. So uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I, I like taking the six and a half points in my pocket with the bears. Justin mm. Fields came back last week and he showed some promise, especially using his athleticism and legs. Um, Alan Robinson returned as well. Wasn't very um, productive, but he returned alongside Darnell Mooney to give some more weapons. David Montgomery's looked very good as a three down workhorse running back all season long when he is healthy. The Bears defense still be without Khalil Mack, but the defensive line getting back some key players like Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. I think Roquan Smith will be available as again. So with the Vikings propensity to play to the level of their opponent and Kirk Cousins struggles on Monday night, I like the six and a half points in my pocket with the Bears. I do think there'll be some scoring in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. Not quite the conviction that I have on the side, but I would play the over 45 and a half, uh, hoping that, and this is, again, maybe foolish um, to do, but hoping that Matt Nagy and the Bears found something there offensively uh, that they can uh, translate to this matchup at home against the Vikings. But we know uh, Dalvin Cook and and Justin Jefferson are almost impossible to stop. Uh, So I do expect there to be some points, but I, I like taking the six and a half with the Chicago Bears, if there are props, I'm going to play uh, Justin Jefferson with no Adam Thielen again, uh, over 94 and a half receiving yards. That's a massive total, but there's no one who can stop Justin Jefferson on that team. And he's uh, averaging 12 targets per game. His last uh, last five games, most of that again without Thielen. So if that's the workload he's going to get from Kirk Cousins, 12 targets for Justin Jefferson should easily have him over 100 yards. Yeah. For sure. And then some of the player props that I kind of like, which kind of piggyback off some of your picks is Vikings. They rank number 10 in the league in rushing yards per game against Chicago defense that ranks 24th in allowing um, yards against the pass. So for Dalvin Cook over 91 and a half, he's hit this in five of his last 13 games and last game against Pitt, he had 205 yards and two touchdowns. So I do like Dalvin Cook to go over tonight. And then for Justin Fields, his player prop keeps getting pushed up for rushing yards. Um, It's at 40 and a half right now, but Chicago's defense ranks 27th in rushing yards allowed per game. Um, or excuse me, Minnesota's defense ranks 27th. Um, And he's averaging 35 rushing yards per game this year. But I just think in this spot, he might have to run the ball more so just because Minnesota Vikings, they're leading the league in sack total. So, you know, with some players probably jumping out at him, he's going to be mobile tonight and maybe be able to hit that over. But again, that has been bet up at least five points that I've seen so far. Yeah, Fields, again, he showed the ability 
And it looks like Nagy and that offense designed a few more runs for him. So I like what you're selling there with uh, Fields. I do think he will need to use his athleticism to help uh, the Bears cover if I am to be right in that regard. All right, let's get away from the NFL. Of course, there's still a couple more games we have on Tuesday, but uh, we'll get to that in tomorrow's podcast. The NBA continues, and it has also been wrecked and ravaged recently by COVID (laughs) outbreaks. Um, a pretty moderate Monday schedule. Uh, what is catching your eye this morning, Aaron? So off the bat, looking at the 76ers Celtics game. So both teams um, having issues with COVID. Just, I mean, every team at this point is <laughs> um, in that regard. But I would definitely take a look at Jason Tatum. Last time these teams met, he had 26 points and 16 rebounds when Boston won by just one point. So I think that when his player prop becomes available, definitely take a look at that. He is averaging 26 points on the season. And then another game that I was looking at, the Rockets-Bulls. I thought this line should be longer, but then again, the Rockets did beat the Bulls earlier this season. Zach Levine is one of five that's still in um, health and safety protocols, but DeMar DeRozan last night, he scored 19 of his game-high 38 points against the Lakers in the fourth quarter. So um, I feel like they had such a great game against the Lakers. Could this be a potential letdown game in a way? I don't think they're going to lose the game, but for me, I feel like this line should be longer considering the Bulls, although they have some players one of or I guess six in health and safety protocols they still should be able to beat this team but I keep seeing it stay around seven so for me I kind of there's a part of me that wants to take the Rockets but then I'm like there's no way I should take them (laughs) but the Rockets did end their 15 game losing streak and began a seven game win streak when they did play them last time that but is correct. They, they've been that's a one uh, that's on my mind. I'm <laughs> still deciphering what I should do here. Um, I looking at the schedule, two games stand out to me. Memphis, Oklahoma City is the first one. Memphis lay in nine total of two twelve and a half. They're coming off a, a tough loss to Dane Millard and the Trailblazers. Um, but if you recall the last time these two teams met, Aaron, the Grizzlies yes. beat the Thunder 152 to 79. <laughs> It was one of the most embarrassing NBA performances in the history of the league. Um, I would, if I had to lay it with the Grizzlies, I do think they're that much better, uh, but I think there's a better way to uh, attack this game and gamble it. And that's the Oklahoma city team total under one Oh one and a half. The Grizzlies have won 10 of their last 12 games. And Mm -hmm. in those 12 games, Aaron, they have not allowed a single opponent to score more than 106 points. Now, wow. the Thunder, again, last time they played them during this streak that I'm talking about, scored just 79. The Thunder also have the worst, dead last, 30th offense in the association as far as offensive rating is concerned. And ever since Ja Morant went out, this Memphis team has turned into a dynamic defensive squad. So I love them at home, putting the clamps on OKC again. Nine's a little big, but I think no matter what happens, I expect the Grizzlies to win this game, but I expect Oklahoma City to struggle scoring again, like pretty much everyone has, win, lose, or draw against Memphis since Ja Morant went out. So under 101.5 is my total there. There's another game that stands out to me because the total is just so freaking high, but it is the Hornets involved. Jazz hosting Charlotte, 236.5. It's starting to get to my upper limit where... Yeah, it's starting to get to my upper limit where I'm like, even with the Hornets involved in an offense as efficient as the Jazz, kind of think the value's on the under there. So many things have to go right for that to crack the total. Mm -hmm. Just one bad quarter, one bad shooting performance from either of those teams, and it's hard to get there at 236.5, especially with Utah having such a good defense at home. They could stifle the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, So I would probably play that under 236.5 or pass um, unless that mm-hmm. number starts to come down significantly. And then the last one I'm looking at is the Spurs and Clippers at 
Crypto Center now, or Crypto.com. I don't, I don't even call it <laughs> Staples Center anymore. Uh, it's a total of 217. And since San Antonio's on the road here, you play the under. When San Antonio's at home, you play the over. When San Antonio's on the road, you play the under. Clippers also a team that uh, trends towards the under because of their pace and mm-hmm. defense. So I'm going to play that under 217 uh, in L.A. with the Spurs and the Clippers. All right. Uh, we do have we do have one college football game, the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I will just tell you that uh, Old Dominion uh, matching up in that game. Hold on, let me pull it up real quickly here with the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Tulsa favored by eight and a half total of fifty four and a half. I don't have any real handicapping here. I will just say that uh, by and large during the bowl season, I've pretty much just taken underdogs and the points. And uh, that's what I officially did for the bowl mania picks. Uh, that we had Aaron uh, for our daily mm-hmm. major group. So uh, no real handicapping there. Just telling you that there is one college football game, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Tulsa favored by eight and a half over Old Dominion, total of 54 and a hook. That'll do it for today. A little more than 10 minutes of the bets you need as promised. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow if you're enjoying the show. It helps us out tremendously. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Daily Wager Podcast. Mm-hmm.